Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you process the collective trauma of the pandemic and begin to heal your energetic wounds. It is an energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make your healing a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om, and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you, and I have here with me Cody Edner, a spiritual teacher, intuitive reader, medium and healer with over 35 years experience. Cody is also the founder of intuitivevision.net and the co-host of the Energy Matters podcast and academy for intuitive training. So Cody, welcome and how are you? Oh, thank you so much. So happy to be here, Dabla. Um, I'm great. I am great. I'm in the high country of Colorado. Uh, trying to stay warm I guess we can say <laughs> yeah same here I'm in New Hampshire and it's been snowing beautifully snow yes so lovely so I want to hear your story in like I'm sure you've told it a million times but it's new to me new to our listeners like in big brush strokes what led you to uh being and becoming an intuitive healer yeah I I um Boy, where to start? And I have told this story, you know, in, in numerous different ways, because there's kind of lessons in how we all arrived at being awakened to our abilities or connecting with them or starting to get in touch with that part of ourselves. Uh, for me, it happened fairly young. And I don't know that in the beginning, it was so much about being a healer as just exploring the, the kind of metaphysical energy 
experiences and things that can happen. So getting connected or open to uh, intuitive impressions or uh, impressions from spirit even was, was an interest of mine. And I happened to grow up in a, a household that was kind of into metaphysics. So, so we didn't uh, really shy away from, uh, you know, this would have been back in the 70s. So, so there was uh, a lot of uh, books around about, um, you know, channeling and, and different energy awakening and astrology. So I was pretty open to that side of the world from a very young age. Not that I was really pursuing it. But what happened to me when I was about 14, I was out uh, for a day with my aunt and she was kind of my crazy aunt, you know, the one that like was much more eccentric and loved to go out and do things and try new things. And we were at a bookstore and um, this would have been, gosh, probably in 78 or nine. And uh, this was up in Idaho of all places. I grew up in Northern California. Uh, but she lived up in the Boise Valley. So we were at a bookstore and it just happened that at the um, upstairs area of the bookstore, there was a psychic reader. And so my aunt said, do you want to get a psychic reading? And I said, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, so we went up there and she, you know, we talked to the reader, we were set to get a reading. And then it kind of turned out that my aunt really wanted a reading too. So she went first. And I got to sit and watch her reading. And so as the reader started to read, you know, my aunt would ask a question and I would have the answer come into my head. And then the reader would give that answer. And after that happened a couple of times, I'm like, huh, this is really easy. I could do this. And it, it really didn't strike me as abnormal that I was able to just see and interpret and have the same information come up into my head um, as the reader, you know, being 14, it was like, well, of course I could do this, but I didn't really realize that most people maybe can't or wouldn't necessarily have that same experience uh, right off. But what happened was I, by being in that energy, I kind of matched it. And it awakened that thing in me. And I basically was reading uh, alongside with this reader. And I, uh, I got my reading, which I don't really remember much of, although I found the, the tape, you know, a decade later and listened to it. And by then I, I was running a, an intuitive school at the age of 24. Um, and and it struck me that one, she was a really good reader and she was a palm reader, but uh, the information and, and just kind of what she had said to me, uh, you know, when I was 14, I was like, wow, she was a really good reader. But what struck me was at the end of the reading, when she said, do you have any questions? Um, I said, my only question was, how do I develop my psychic abilities? And she really didn't have an answer for me because to her, her abilities were a gift and they just happened to her and she didn't know um, how they happened to her. So she didn't really have a clear answer for how you start to develop 
your own psychic abilities and go deeper into that world um, with a practice. And as luck would have it, about four years later, I found an intuitive school. I happened to uh, walk into an intuitive school to get a reading, and they had an answer to that question because they had energy awareness, uh, you know, development and tools for that and ways to uh, interact with other people on that same path, which helps us to open up the, a way to create a safe space for opening up, because that's very important. Because mostly if you're intuitive or a healer, uh, you're also very sensitive. Like those, you can't separate those things because your sensitivity is the avenue through which you get your intuitive information or connect enough with someone's energy to be a healer relative to them. So uh, it, it's really important that the space for intuitive development is uh, kind of grounded and safe for someone to open up uh, that part of themselves. So that's what I've been pursuing ever since. And like you say, that 35, that was in 1984. So I don't even know how many years ago that was now. Uh, yeah. It was a while ago. I know. I was five. <laughs> you were five? Oh, yeah. That was the, 84 was when I stumbled into the intuitive training school and got my first reading from an intuitive reader that was also a healer. The, the funny thing about uh, psychic readings or intuitive readings and energy work is uh, most people I know you remember the first, there, there's a couple of, like, you remember your first reading, basically. Um, not so much the words that were said necessarily or what you were told, but the, the experience. And so the second thing that really kind of got me involved in wanting to pursue and learn this was that really that second reading, where the reader read me just looking at my aura, reading the colors, reading the energy, which was fine. I mean, it was, it's always fun to get read and looked at, but at the end, he said, would you like a healing? And I said, sure. And I had no idea what a healing was really at that point. I had explored ideas of meditation. I, you know, read books about channeling, uh, where they might bring forth information um, you know, tried, tried met different forms of meditation, but the concept of like healing where so a healer might do something, I just hadn't really pursued. And so I, I said, sure. And he, he kind of raised his hand up. He had his eyes closed. When we read, we do with our eyes closed just to cut out all the distractions of also it's unnerving, uh, to sit in front of someone and like if you're being read to have the person stare at you for two hours or an hour and a half so we usually keep our eyes closed um but he raised his hand up and he kind of just went like this and as he did I felt this rush of energy up through the front of my body something I'd never felt before in myself and I saw this flash of colors uh like a really um, just explosion of blues and whites and, and just really um, vibrant colors that, you know, I'd never really had that in my head in that way before. 
so there was this sensation and this just awakening of colors and in that moment I just kind of thought wow I, I need to learn how to do this on myself like I, I need to and that's where I really got hooked to come back and learn and take the time that it takes to learn you know the it, it's more of a pursuit of a path than a than a one-off thing to learn to really deeply get in touch with your intuitive yeah. side and exercise it so that was probably the bigger trigger I, I mean both of them were big because both of them in a way both of those experiences kind of validated something in me I didn't know was really there I mean I hoped I was interested but I had no experience to to validate that hope and I had that feeling that I was sensitive in it but I didn't have the language or the experience to back up the feeling yeah what I'm noticing and loving about your story is that it seems to me that you were like gently pulled towards a particular direction you were gently pulled to that first reading and then gently pulled to that second reading versus um my story and in a lot of healers that I talk to we hit a wall <laughs> there's no way yes. through the wall and then you have to find you know ways to either like quantumly make yourself go through the wall or you know absolutely so I love the gentleness in your story I also want to remind our listeners that you actually it's part of what you do is you you train other intuitive readers can yes. you tell a little bit about that yeah, and that's primarily what I do at this point in my uh, career. I, I've so I basically learned these tools, developed myself as an intuitive, starting in like 1984 ish, um, and I basically have been doing this work full time probably since 1988. Um, I think I had a real job maybe twice a couple of years in my life so <laughs> mostly I've been teaching and healing and um and, and so there are a number of different aspects to the teaching that are valuable and uh, you know I teach people all the way up to very advanced levels of working with their uh, energy and intuitive abilities as well as just how to meditate, how to sit down and start to become aware of uh, what your own energy is and how to move energy through the body, how to ground yourself and get centered and clear energy out that maybe has affected you. Because I think one of the, the big things that we start to awaken to in, our, in ourselves, for those of us that are healers or intuitives, is really just how sensitive we are, how easy it is to take on an energy that's not ours and end up kind of trying to solve that energy or fix it or even make sense of it. And if it's not ours, uh, very often we can't. We cannot process it through our bodies. So learning how to know what, it, what your own energy space is, what your own boundaries are, given your sensitivities, how to separate from an energy that you might uh, take on as a healer, 
how to release that. Like all of those tools are foundational to what we teach. And those are just as important as going any deeper, uh, like getting to that awareness of starting to be sensitive to and take care of your own energy and your own space and your own energy health through uh, a little bit of meditation and a little bit of awareness. Uh, that's where everybody be begins in what we do. You know, it's funny, I do consider myself lucky that I didn't necessarily ha have that awakening moment later in life. So at age 14, it just kind of, it's almost like I was, this was what I was here to do. And I couldn't get away from it because it just kept showing up. And I just happened to, to be lucky. But as a teacher, most people that come to me, it is because they, uh, you know, hit a point in their life where they are having a spiritual crisis, right? They're, they're kind of hitting a wall. They've done everything right that society told them, and they still don't feel um, fulfilled in any way, or that they're even that engaged in the game anymore, right? Um, you know, I had this uh, one uh, teacher, but also colleague years ago, and I, I thought she had a great way of describing her, her awakening moment uh, as a mother, and she was a nurse. She was a lovely lady. She was she was a nurse and a mother of two, and uh, she she was she was addressing an an audience at an open house one night. And she said, "You know, um, you know, I was doing all the things right. I was a mother of two. I was a nurse. I, I had a husband. We we had our life, and and I woke up one morning dreading what um, having to cook dinner that night." And I knew I had to change something. And she started to look and that change for her was her inner development of the spiritual side of herself. And she uh, pursued that and, and became a wonderful teacher and um, guide for many, many people. So, you know, we hit those points and we oftentimes can override them or distract ourselves, but then they just come back worse the next time. So it, it's like it keeps getting louder and louder um, until we kind of turn inward and say, what, what is this in me that is uh, really kind of screaming for attention and that needs to be addressed? And many times it is this sensitive, intuitive, psychic side of ourselves um so so yes we offer a space for people to come in uh, online these days you know back when i did it, it there was nothing over the phone or online you had to show up at a, a place and uh, mingle around with people and you know it was pretty difficult sometimes to get to a place right and so now everybody has access and that's so wonderful we have people all around the world calling into our um, classes that are offered live um, we do them over a phone conferencing system versus rather than zoom um, because it's easier to kind of move people around and do things with this system um, we do have some zoom events and different things so so we can get together but a lot of the, the work is on the phone. Um, 
so so they are they are live and or recorded you know you don't have to always be there live we try to make it as accessible as possible and and the journey to really becoming an intuitive and the way that we pursue it is uh, really learning how to express that part of yourself to read actually read energy of someone else at one point you know you get to that level to heal and move energy to work with guides even to heal energy and heal yourself um so so there's maybe two foundational ideas that we have uh in all the work and and one is that uh, you're always healing yourself as you work because as a a sensitive healer uh, if you're not you get stuck pretty quick and it becomes way too difficult to try to heal someone else if you're just carrying the load um so you burn out really really quick so there's certainly a a thread of always learning about how to take care of your energy heal yourself as you develop and open up um and, and the other one that we try to which helps with that i mean there's a couple there's really a number of different things but one of them is we, we try to have fun and do it in a little bit of amusement because most of us did get there through uh, some form of crisis or pain right that the, the this ability had uh, turned on and, and we were having a hard time handling the world, handling the situations that came into us as healers. And one of the best ways to get a little space and a little bit of perspective relative to something going on energetically is uh, a little bit of levity or amusement because it's a higher frequency. And so even if we just have to kind of chuckle at ourselves a little bit for how we got into this situation we we try to have a little amusement and a little fun um i think one of the best lines uh one of my teachers would often say is uh, look we got to have fun doing what we're doing and if we can't then we got to have fun well he would say enjoy so we got to enjoy doing what we're doing and if we can't uh, then enjoy not enjoying it, right? It's like really throw yourself into life and uh, enjoy all of it because that's just what's the other option? Yeah. Shut down and and uh, disengage. So that is the practice: how to be really fully present, kind of enjoying the experience, but also starting to really create what you want in life. Yeah. That, I like that. For me, my crisis was actually I became a mom in 2012, and uh -huh. all all too encompassing and yes, wrote up all the things. And prior to that, um, I feel like that was necessary for me because I was living in a left-brained world with a lot of left-brain actions and existence, and I needed to have the other part, my intuition, integrated in. Um, because yeah. all of my left brain solutions weren't working like i had to go look for answers elsewhere in yes. i needed to find another way of like not just existing in the uh, intuitive brain either like finding some sort of balance between the two yes Which brings me to um i want to ask you because you've been a teacher and a guide in um 
in helping people develop their intuitive abilities. What sorts of differences or similarities do you see between men and women mm. when it comes to uh, yeah. to their intuition and awakening their intuition? Sure. Yeah, I, I want to step back on you here, though, real quick, because so many people come to this kind of work having become a mom um, because, I, and I don't know that this is the, the, the total answer, but certainly one of them is that very often our children come here to teach us something and they come in in a new vibration that forces us to do that next thing that will help them. And that's the beautiful thing about having a child. And so, you know, my daughter now is um, 19. She's actually taking some of our intuitive courses and she grew up around this stuff, uh, but she probably taught me more than, you know, any, anybody ever could, right? That's kind of the, what that does. And, and so, and, and I also, I think that in childbirth or in that time of um, having a child, there's a, the, the spirit of the child is around us, right? So it's like the, the veil between worlds is a little thinner around death and around birth. And if you are around those things and experience them, you can't help but start to notice that there's something more going on. There's something bigger. There's something sacred that we're touching at, at those times. I mean, there's other times certainly in life where that, that sacredness is there. And certainly we could seek to foster, find and foster that every day. I mean, that's, that's, I think the practice of meditation is turning inward to touch the sacred, to open up to the divine. But, but something as dramatic as uh, childbirth brings that out in in the whole family but very often in the mother more so because it's so direct um you know it's it's funny when you said that it made me think um one of the reasons that i as a youngster uh and my whole family kind of got into energy awareness and learned the meditation tools my sister became an intuitive um she's a year and a half younger than i was when I was about 10, my mother got pregnant again. And the baby being, we call them, the baby that was going to come in showed up so strongly before she even knew she was pregnant, showed up beside her bed and said, I'm here. That so strongly that she jumped over my father to the other side of the bed. It scared her so bad. And he's my brother who became my brother, this entity uh or him you know before having a body kept showing up and talking to her and it was so profound that she started to explore where to get information about that where to get readings and and then when he came in um he was such a psychic child that part of not only me pursuing to learn about it, there was a pursuit for the whole family about how to handle his sensitivity because he was so sensitive that like going to school, you know, kindergarten, he would 
come home and talk about the energy from all the other kids. And, and he ultimately, like he would be sick three out of five days, like he couldn't go to school. And we finally found a psychic healer that worked on him and helped him manage his psychic power ability so that he could just handle going to school. I mean, at a, as a five-year-old, six-year-old, not, not like he didn't want to go because he was a teenager. I mean, like he couldn't handle the, the energy of the kids around him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just that, that just brought all that up when you said becoming a mother was so profound. Um, and now I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're getting there. This is a good path. <laughs> I was asking about differences and similarities. Between oh, men and women. Yes. Um, there are certainly some differences. I, I think, I think the, the thing that I would have to say in, in prefacing uh, before I talk about male and female energies, because there are differences. So I think we, we can't lose sight of the fact that we are more similar than different. We're all human, right? And we are all souls that, in, in my belief, have incarnated into both types of bodies, have had many incarnations. So we as a soul are not one or the other. Uh, we choose to have an experience for a purpose, a reason. And maybe our challenge is to find that purpose and that reason, what it is we're here to give to the world that is something. Um, even if it's a child. I mean, I, I have taught many, many people, but I cannot say that my sole purpose wasn't to give it this particular child to the world, right? I, I do not know. Um, but we are different. And, you know, it's interesting over the years, having done energy work, one, one of the big differences is in the energy working community, it's probably 70 to 80% women. And when I was teaching as a director of a center, it, that was roughly the, the numbers it was always 70 80% women and say, well, why is that? And I think it's a couple things. One is when we start to talk about this part of ourselves, we do have to say, well, you're sensitive. And it's much more permissible for a woman to be sensitive and in get in touch with that and herself than a man. Um, I think the other thing is it, it's a pretty common phrase to say oh well it's her female intuition so you already have this idea of you're the intuitive one and the the man is the other side of whatever that is and so an intuitive school will tend to attract people who can already identify with that a little bit in themselves so it's always been women who say uh, yeah i have all these intuitions and, you know, nobody believes me or whatever their situation might be. Um, and for a man, it's a little bit harder. And so those are differences in, in terms of awakening that, that we often see where there, it's maybe a different in interest, but I think it's more of a difference in permission that we're given. So I think we do a real disservice to young men, young boys, when we kind of push down their sensitivity or, or 
invalidate their sensitivity in some way and don't really draw it out and and realize that being sensitive is a human quality not a male or female quality um, so so there but there is a difference in the energetics of male and female energy uh, that said we have both in us we are not one or the other and each person has their own balance of their own male and female energy that they run in and there are as many different balances as there are people in the world right we each get to be unique in that and find our our way uh, we do offer or in the past we do offer classes that kind of speak to how a man's energy works in his body and and that how a, a woman's energy works in her body so that they can internally as they go inward to meditate work their own energies because they, they work a little differently um it, and any internal exploration is ultimately about finding finding out who you really are right so uh, any direction inward or any comment about male or female energy is very generalized and then you go inward and see well how's this work in me how does this feel in me uh, but there are some very general fairly common ways that energy works differently in male and female bodies there's some very common uh, kind of energetic anatomy things like the chakras and everything you know we all have and, and energy flows a particular way that's mostly true to everybody so we kind of practice how to flow energy in accordance with those natural things, which I'm sure you're well aware of. I mean, as a healer, you would kind of know you start to get a sense of how energy flows and when it's blocked or flowing incorrectly in someone and, and you realign it and healing happens. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. It is. And it's for me, it keeps evolving and, and changing. Mm -hmm. And I tell people like every time you meet me, I'm going to be a different healer because I'm yes. also evolving. I'm, you know, um, getting inspired by other people that I, I look up to or, or getting inspired by by art, by a lot of times by my clients. Someone mm -hmm. would come to me with a particular issue and then I'd be like, OK, let me research this deeper in me and outside of me. Let's see where this takes us. Which brings me to, um, I want to touch upon meditation a little bit. Um, for me, it has been an invaluable tool yes. to not only deepen my intuition, but um, definitely my self-awareness so that yes. I can begin to catch all the good stuff yes. <laughs> that is coming up before it turns into a boulder or a huge rock. And that is such a great way to say that yes but i want to ask you like what has been your experience in terms of um having meditation as a practice to you know work with your intuitive awareness and seeing other people dive into meditation to bring out their intuitive awareness yes um meditation i think is central uh, i mean you don't have to meditate to be psychic and there's plenty of psychics and mediums out there that got there a different way um you know i 
can't say that that first psychic I went to who it was just a gift for her uh, meditated. I don't know that she had a practice like that. But in my mind, meditation is um, central to connecting with your energy to getting kind of stronger in your intuitive awareness, um, to validating kind of the spiritual connection within. And, and like you say, to catching those things that are coming up before we dramatize them and make something of them in our life, right? If we can catch them as they're arising um, in us as some old conditioning or some old fear or insecurity that's going to cause a problem, and if we address them in, internally and they never manifest in our life, we just did ourselves a big favor. Um, because I think through this kind of pursuit and meditation, I mean, what is the goal, you know, there's, there's perhaps many different goals, but certainly one of them is just to make one's life better. And, and, uh, you know, we certainly can make it worse. We know that. <laughs> so these are some tools to try to start to consciously make things better for ourselves and catching those uh, old wounds or blocks or, or harsh energies or even energies that aren't ours as they arise before they kind of come out and cause a conflict or uh, something to fall apart. No better thing we can do for ourselves, I, I don't think. Um, so, so meditation, there's so many different kinds. Um, you know, the very first time I tried to meditate as a young like 14 year old, I think after I got my first reading, I, I got a cassette tape um, that had a chakra meditation on it. And I laid down and I put the tape in and I tried my hardest, you know, to make something happen and concentrated so hard. Well, uh, you know, even to the point of like tensing up because I didn't know what to do. Um, well, come to find out those are all the wrong things to do to meditate, right? <laughs> But I was 14, you know, it's like, oh, you got to try real hard to do things. Um, so, so, you know, learning some tools or learning some things to focus on are very helpful. Um, you know, we encourage people to meditate, to get grounded and centered and focus on the energy side of themselves. Um, you know, like a half hour a day would be a wonderful amount of time you know when you start maybe five or ten minutes is all you can sit there and so it is like a muscle that you build up and then you start to get to a place where you can comfortably sit longer and stay focused and, and stay kind of in the the energy of what you're kind of working on um it takes about, you know, once you get over about 20 minutes, I think it takes about 20 minutes usually to get through the clutter of, of the day and the mind. And suddenly, once you can break past that barrier, suddenly the meditation becomes something very different. And uh, there's a stillness that can be found or a certain energy feeling that can be achieved or an awareness that opens up. Um, so we, we like to encourage people to sit like a half an hour or work up to that. And then, then it becomes longer. Then when you've discovered that place, 
it becomes easier to sit for an extra 10 minutes and suddenly it's you're sitting for an hour if you have the the time to do it and uh, it becomes a very powerful thing at that point and at some point you kind of take the time off of it it's not a thing you have to sit for a certain amount of time or a discipline you enforce on yourself like you might exercise like I have to exercise for a half hour or whatever it is but it becomes a thing that you want to get to a certain place in yourself and then you're done and sometimes that takes 40 minutes and some days that could take an hour and a half if you had a rough you know it depends on what how, what's going on in your life so suddenly meditation becomes a kind of a relative or a relationship with your life to meditation so when i know that i'm struggling i meditate longer to refine myself because life can is a struggle at times and but i don't want to go through life in the struggle i want to find my space and heal myself so i can tackle the struggle from amusement or an effortless space or at least a spiritually minded space um, so then meditation becomes more of a give and take with life of how long i need to get where i need to be does that make sense yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. to me it's like a touch point mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the, I need to touch that uh, part of me or that existence of me that can hold me, the vibrational me and the sea of the vibration. I just, I need to get yes. in touch with that so that when I get back to the daily life, it's, it's a little bit easier. And I know mm -hmm. that there's something more that exists as I'm washing the dishes, yes. <laughs> which I, yes. don't, I don't always enjoy, but yeah. I mean, it's, putting them in the dishwasher. It, yeah, it's funny because one of the there, there's a couple of resistance points we have to meditation, um, which are dissimilar to exercise. Sometimes we have to get break through a wall of resistance to get to doing something that, uh, you know, just takes a little bit of attention and focus. Um, and so one of them is I don't have enough time that we can come up very often in people's lives are so busy and and there's this old saying in meditation that um you, you know you should meditate a half an hour a day but if you if you are overwhelmed and you don't have enough time then you should meditate an hour that day right and and it's funny if you actually do that suddenly your day opens up in a different way and everything falls into place. But it's very difficult to do that when you feel like you don't have enough time. Um, and I think what I've discovered over the years is that partly the reason that things open up if you do sit and meditate when you're overwhelmed and you feel like you don't have enough time to get everything done and then you meditate and suddenly everything gets done um, is because it's not actually time that we don't have enough of often. It's space, inner space. When everything's pressed in against us all at once, it feels overwhelming and like I can't do it all because I'm experiencing it all in this moment. And my energy is trying to do something about it all in this moment. And when I sit down and meditate, what I'm partly really doing is creating space within myself for and separation let's say from the world from the pressure and once i have that 
then things can flow in a way where what needs to happen happens and it's effortless and it's a hard thing to get to but that's the power i i think that i have found in meditation is suddenly life becomes uh, a little bit less effortful and more in sync or in flow and things fall into place in ways you couldn't imagine i think they call that like synchronicity start to happen yeah and to me what you're defining is how i define healing which is to be okay with what was what is and what can be and meditation can certainly help you get there in in a way i mean mm-hmm. yes. definitely you need more specific help but in terms of maintenance and then deepening your mm-hmm. healing journey yourself i feel like it's definitely the top thing yes to add yes to and i think what you just said is an important point to uh, remind people of because it's easy to get kind of into meditation into the healing journey and think i have to do this myself um, but you know we don't go through life in that way we interact all the time and it's the same in your spiritual life yes there's a time to go within and meditate and discover things about yourself and come to know yourself and there's a time to interact with other like-minded spiritually aware people and receive healing and ultimately you'll you'll give healing as well you can't help but uh, become that healer that you are or that insightful person you'll you'll end up sharing that with the world but the world and, and life is an interactive game and so the idea of going off to the the cave to meditate for 30 years to discover yourself it really is not true to how it happens uh you know these days we're we're through what we do we're learning how to live in the world um in a in a better way in a more productive way and creative way yeah that would be our goal anyways yeah so we've been talking about meditation i want to bring it back to intuition i want to ask you what do you feel is healing about intuition whether it's you receiving information about your life or reading for another person what is healing to you and others about intuition yeah i i think that partly it so so one of the words we use is it's kind of where we say hello to spirit now maybe to unpack that word it's it's recognizing and validating the truth of who you are so most of our stuck points or ills or even our traumas especially our traumas separated somewhere where we're separated from ourselves so an intuitive insight is where you see the the lie of that and behind that is the truth of who you are um, which is hard to put into words it's more of an experience or something you know in yourself of the true uh, divinity or the true energy of who you are as a soul or a spirit that you're something bigger uh, that you're something more that there's this inherent value in the human being that can be should be recognized amongst all of us between all of us the the notion of namaste which 
some interpret as like the God in me sees the God in you or the light in me sees the light in you. Uh, you know, that's just a word. But if you sit with, down with someone and intuitively connect with them, that suddenly becomes a reality. I actually am seeing that in you that is the light or the God. And I'm saying, this is you. This other thing where you think you're not good enough, that's not you. That's someone else's fear that was put into you or someone else's insecurity or competition that was put into you. Let's move that out and bring out this other, this true you. And that moment when that happens is so powerful. Uh, but on both sides, it's just as powerful for the reader to suddenly be with, or the healer to suddenly be with someone and see beyond the ego the layer of lies, the fears, the human condition to our true self. Um, well, it's so powerful that that's what I've done for 30 some odd years. Yeah. <laughs> and continue to do. Yes. So that's, that's beautiful. I would ask you, is there anything else you wish to share with our listeners or just say whatever is coming up right now? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, you know, we, we've been, kind of talking at some of the deeper levels that one can get to, um, I would say that just start somewhere, if this is a place of interest, um, just to uh, close our eyes and get grounded or centered or touch the sacred within us for five minutes will change our day. Um, and that we all just have to start where we're at in connecting with and discovering this part of ourselves and to keep it really simple is better because the mind and, and the world we live in sure more complicated gets us an iphone or gets us a, you know a tesla but in the spiritual world simpler the better because it's just about going inward to connect with ourselves and the more we complicate that, the harder it becomes. So even uh, simply just centering with an intention on our breath can be a powerful uh, shift that it creates. And sure, there's always more to pursue and learn if, if there's interest. Uh, you have to find the thing that you're interested in. You know, the way I have a, a way of teaching it um, and some tools and a, a specific kind of space of teaching about intuition but that's not for everybody but spirituality is for everybody because everybody is a spirit in a body or is a spirit having here having a human experience so you have to find the thing that you're drawn to that works for you that feels safe and then let that evolve because we're you know that will grow and maybe a different thing comes along later that answers that question um you know there's a saying i did martial arts and there's a a saying uh, around being a black belt and it's just that a, a black belt is just a white belt who didn't quit right it's not a special person it's just someone who showed up and did it every day and that's the same with a, a psychic reader or healer it's just someone that started exploring and practicing and meditating a little bit and did it long enough that suddenly they, they, that part of themselves awakened and came out and they could start to use it. Yeah. 
And for so. me, I just want to add to that. For me, the piece that made my intuition stronger was the intention. Mm -hmm. I intended to listen to it. And not only that, I asked to um, receive it at a level where I could be of help and of, of service. So yes. that intention changed everything. So um, finding more intention is. Yes, it's so powerful. And, and I think the other thing you just said, asking the question, asking is, it's like intention, you kind of define your intention, which is what we would teach as setting the energy, setting the tone or the frequency for something. And then asking, which is the opening yourself up to receive it. And you have to do both of those things. And I mean, that right there is a simple practice for five or 10 minutes every morning could change your life. Yeah. Beautiful. So thank you so, so much, Cody. I just want to uh, um, ask you where can, and I will include the links below, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about where can people find you and your work? I know you mentioned your trainings. Um, yeah, but the probably the simplest place to find us to begin with is on our show, our podcast. And I say ours, David Gandelman and myself uh, host a show called Energy Matters. And so that's at energymatterspodcast.com. Um, I think we all, it, it might be at energymattersacademy.com now. And that's where you would find information about our courses as well. Um, and that's probably the the simplest way to get get connected with us and get linked into us. Uh, we each have our own uh, websites and our own things that we're teaching. So you could explore both of us from there though. Yeah. Yeah. So my understanding is that at Energy Matters Academy, you're uh, offering certain levels of uh, courses, not only yes. about meditation, but also about intuitive development, but you also have your uh, private practice where you, right you can find us through there and so we have our private practice um we have different things that we do and teach separate from that um that you can explore as well yes i'll include links to that this has been such a pleasure cody thank you so much <laughs> oh thanks for having me it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank yeah you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.